everyone to another edition of the John Kirkland Show. I am your host, John Kirkland. I am so glad this morning that you guys are able to be with me and just kind of chill and and relax and just kind of, you know, look at the fact that you got a guy here who uh, has an inquisitive mind about boxing. I'm going to go through a few divisions and go over what I like, dislike, who I feel is the best in the division, so on and so forth. And for the next hour, we will go from one division to the other. Uh, First of all, let me start off by saying, let me start the show by saying congratulations to uh, Hall of Famer uh, Floyd Mayweather and Andre Ward. Uh, Those are two elite fighters uh, who dominated the sport, finished their career undefeated. Let's start with Floyd first. I hear this all the time. Uh, Floyd thinks he is the best ever. I don't think so. And then they start bringing in, you know, all the other fighters from, from back in the day who, you know, were fighting at one particular time. My, my thing is, my thing is this. Floyd didn't cheat the sport. Floyd fought who he was supposed to. And the one thing Floyd did was he changed the way business is done in the sport. And I think that's where things have changed. And when when you change the way business is done in the sport, it's like, okay, now everybody has their own promotional company. But once they saw... Mayweather do it, now everybody's trying to do it in that same fashion because of the smart business moves that he made. When you talk about his skill set as far as boxing, it's not even it's not even up for discussion at that point because every fight has been the same. And I'm not saying like every fight was boring. Every fight was a knockout. I'm saying everything he ever says about how the fight's going to end, it goes that way in terms of he always says, hey, I'm the better fighter. I'm going to win. And it happens every single time. So when you say you're the best ever, I do believe that Floyd is one of the all-time greats since 85 because of what he's done for the sport, not just inside the ring, but outside the ring. And then on top of that, when you talk about outside the ring, he's given uh, people the opportunity, like Javante Davis, um, the opportunity to be a pay-per-view star, long after Floyd's career is done. Badoo Jack, giving those guys an opportunity to be on pay-per-view, to fight on Showtime, uh, giving them their light to shine and things like that. You, you just have to respect Floyd, you know, uh, across the board. As much as, as people don't want to, uh, they do. And I, I don't want to get into why I think they don't respect Floyd, but uh, I, I just, it, it's not about why for me or for anyone else. It's, it's, it's about uh, his light, his time he's earned to, to be in the Hall of Fame and, um, I just wanted to say on my podcast, you know, congratulations 
to the to the best ever. Uh, Andre Ward, uh, again, a hell of a fighter. Um, Andre Ward was another one who got the job done. Um, what can you say? Um, he's an elite fighter, and he's proven a lot in the sport. The one thing that I can take from Andre Ward was he got out the sport while he could, and he did it. He made his money. He did what he had to do. He had a, he has a great career, and I'm pretty sure you know investments, businesses, um, and how he wants to continue to be a part of the sport, whether it be broadcasting or or something. Um, he knows what he wants to do as far as how he wants to still be a part of the sport. So congratulations to both fighters. Um, Well-deserved. Now let's get on to the, to the talk here. I want to start with the... I want to start with the heavyweight division. I think the heavyweight division is an important division to talk about. Why? Because we have an issue in the heavyweight division. The first issue is, and let me start by saying congratulations to Anthony Joshua, who defeated uh, Pulev uh, just this past weekend. He got the job done, and now he's 24-1 combined record, and he is still the two-time unified heavyweight champion of the world. And to me, I was very impressed what I saw in terms of that fight. And I am still speaking on the heavyweight division for those that are just now tuning in. Um, I'm talking about the heavyweight division. I'm talking about uh, how impressed I was with Anthony Joshua and his performance uh, versus him fighting Andrew Ruiz the fight before that. And the one of the things that impressed me the most was Andy Ruiz wasn't the same Andrew Ruiz that hurt Joshua back in New York two fights ago. Two fights later, here we are, Anthony Joshua looks leaner, stronger, his, his, his um, punches seem to be more powerful and uh, precise. And so I'm, I was just really impressed, uh, you know, with his performance. And there's a reason why, you know, again, uh, he's 24 and one out of the last 25 fights. Uh, Tyson Fury, we need to talk about that. I, I think Tyson Fury right now, arguably, is considered the number one contender for Joshua's titles. I'm not arguing about that. I believe as a fighting champion, whether you're the WBC, whatever your, your, your crown is, I feel like if you're a fighting champion, honor your contract. If you have a contract obligation to where Deontay Wilder should get his rematch, give the man his rematch. I don't understand. I don't understand how do you duck somebody who gave you the opportunity when you didn't have it. I'll tell you this right now. Tyson Fury did not deserve to get a title shot when Deontay Wilder gave it to him. He didn't fight anybody. Tom Schwartz is not anyone of a caliber name. He's not a top fighter. I don't even know who the hell Tom Schwartz is. But nevertheless, he had two opportunities against Deontay Wilder. 
And now you're taking the belt and run. At the end of the day, Tyson Fury knows he can't beat Deontay Wilder again. He knows that. I think that's why he's ducking him. He's saying, hey, you know what? Let me fight Anthony Joshua and take my chances. Because if I lose, then I can walk away from the sport. If I win, I'm the unified champion. And I can overlook Wilder. Nah. Nah. In my opinion, doesn't work like that. Doesn't work like that. Let's let's go into the rankings and that will better uh, make my viewers understand exactly what I mean by non-deserving. Did did um, Tyson Fury did he ever fight the number five contender Alexander Povetkin? Did he ever fight that guy? No. Did he ever fight Joseph Parker, the number six ranked uh, contender in the world? No. Did he fight Usyk? No, he did not. Did he fight King Kong Ortiz, who is currently ranked the number eight uh, heavyweight in the world? No. Did he fight Dylan White? No. Did he fight uh, Polev? No. So these are the top 10 fighters I just listed in the heavyweight division that arguably could say, hey, you know what? I'm a contender. I'm a contender. I'm a contender. The list goes on. But Tyson Fury is not even trying to fight any of those guys. Mind you, Anthony Joshua gets called out. Uh, Dylan White. Uh, he hasn't said anything about Ortiz, but you got Usyk. He's already beat Joseph Parker. He's already beat Povetkin. He's already beat Andrew Ruiz. So when you when you look at it from that standpoint and him being the unified champion, again, you got to put some respect on it. And I'm not taking nothing away from Deontay Wilder. That boy is devastating. He's a bad man in that ring. No doubt about it. But I just feel like, hey, right now it's not about Anthony Joshua. It is about what the unfinished business is really all about. And that's Anthony Joshua against, uh, not Anthony Joshua, but that's uh, Tyson Fury against uh, Deontay Wilder. And I don't understand why he can't get his opportunity. Deontay Wilder has won way more fights than Tyson Fury. Deontay Wilder has won 42 fights. 42 fights. To Fury's 30. That's crazy. He's won 12 more fights. But they got him rated at number three. Well, you got to be based on record. All I'm saying is, if the sport of boxing cares, if these promoters care, if you're the fighting champion, Tyson Fury, live up to your word. Be a man of your word. Just like Deontay Wilder was. And Deontay Wilder, let me let me let me let me uh, say this to my listeners. And here's a great point: is that Deontay Wilder gave opportunities to those who did not deserve or didn't even earn the opportunity. He was giving title shots to people you never even heard of. So the man deserves his opportunity. And I hope Tyson Fury mans up and gives him. Uh, his opportunity or at least his contractual agreement to where he gets the uh, a second chance I want to get into light heavyweight and this is this is interesting this is this is interesting 
I hear this question all the time. John, who is pound for pound the best fighter in the world? I heard rumors that Floyd Mayweather said, Bud Crawford. I hear pound for pound, it's Earl Spence. I hear different names. Here's, here's my thing. I think it's disrespectful to Canelo Alvarez to even hear those things. If you look at what Canelo's done, Canelo right now is rated the number three light heavyweight in the world. He's 53 and one. And he's, and, and he's the uh, number three light heavyweight in the world. I haven't even got to the other two divisions. He holds two belts in two different divisions. And he's rated in the top three in the light heavyweight division that he used to hold the WBO light heavyweight title. So he was champion at one particular time in three different divisions at three different times. So my, my, my question goes back to everyone who's listening. How do you say pound for pound, you're the best when this man is dominating in three different divisions? I don't understand that. And it's no knock to Terrence Crawford because Terrence Crawford's a bad boy and numbers don't lie, the stats don't lie, and the scorecards don't either. He will stop you. Bud Crawford will stop you. But this is not about Bud Crawford. I'm saying overall as a fighter, pound for pound, no one can sit here and tell me Canelo Alvarez is not the guy. Going forward. There's a lot of good contenders at the light heavyweight division in terms of business sense and what makes the money sense. For example, Canelo Alvarez is facing this Saturday, uh, Colum Smith. Colum Smith. Mind you, Canelo has not fought at the light heavyweight division since November the 2nd, where he knocked out Sergey Kovalev in the 11th round, ladies and gentlemen. Sergey Kovalev is the fourth, he's the number four ranked light heavyweight in the world. Steel. After four losses. Gene Pascal is number five. He's going to be taking on Badu Jack. Actually, no. Gene Pascal it actually beat Badu Jack December 28th in a split decision, 12 rounds. I believe they're trying to make that fight happen again. Uh, Joe Smith Jr. will fight February 13th against Maximum Bolsalov. Marcus Brown doesn't have a fight coming up, but he's rated the number seven ranked light heavyweight contender in the world at 23-1. He lost in a technical knockout in the eighth against Gene Pascal. So the question becomes this, now that I'm reading all these things, is that is Gene Pascal really a contender now? Is Gene Pascal, is Gene Pascal worth Canelo's time at the light heavyweight division. 
That's the question, ladies and gentlemen. It Would it make sense the number five fighter in the world, Gene Pascal, against Canelo Alvarez, could that fight be made in 2021 at the light heavyweight division? That's interesting. Badu Jack, rated number eight, unanimous decision. In eight rounds, he beat Blake McCarron November 28th on the Tyson card. We're going to shift gears a little bit, and we're going to go to the super middleweight division. 168-pound division. The number one contender for the, for, in the super middleweights is Colum Smith at 27-0. Colum Smith has uh, no losses, 27 wins. His last fight was a unanimous decision in 12 rounds against John Ryder, November the 23rd. Now he's taking on Canelo Alvarez this this Saturday, actually. I believe it's it's somewhat of a challenge for Canelo, but I think Canelo can, can stop him and get him out of there. Would it be early? Not sure. Caleb Plant, the number two super middleweight and current IBF super middleweight champion of the world. He, he just announced his fight coming up. His last fight was against Vincent Thinking Butts, February the 15th. TKO in, the, uh, in 10 rounds. He's 20-0, the number two super middleweight in the world. Um, then you have uh, David Benavides, 23-0. He's rated number three. Billy Joe Saunders, he's rated number four. Anthony, Anthony Durrell, number five. John Ryder, number six. Daniel Jacobs, number seven, who just recently beat Gabriel Rosado, uh, November the 27th, split decision, 12 rounds. I, I don't know how they scored that fight, but uh, the, the, the scores I had, uh, Rosado won. Lonel Thompson, 22 and 5. He's rated number 8. Jose uh, Zukowski, he's 29 and 4. And Caleb Trax. So we, I just found this out. This is breaking news to the John Kirkland Show. The number 10 rated Caleb Trax, 31 and 4, will take on. Caleb Plant, the number two super middleweight contender in the world and by far is the IBF super middleweight champion. They will fight, I believe if I'm not mistaken, in February. So we need to tune in to that. That is breaking news. And that's that's a really big fight. And shout out to uh, shout out to Caleb Plant. For, for making that fight happen. I mean, he's fighting a top 10 contender, so we can get off this. He's, he's fighting a bum. He's hand-picking his opponents. We can get off that, too, because he's fighting the number 10 rated uh, super middleweight in the world. That's going to be a great fight. I believe it will be on Fox PBC, so look out for that, ladies and gentlemen. I'm going to shift gears here and drop down to the 160 uh, division. Middleweight. 
The number one middleweight in the world is Canelo Alvarez. The number two will be Gennady Gennady Golovkin. Number three, Jermel Charlo. Demetrius Andre at four. Sergey Dervervencho, Dervachinko. He's number five. Rada Morita. He is number six. Rob Rob Brandt, seven. Chris Ubank, Chris Eubank Jr., number nine. Those are just some of the contenders out there. Now, let's talk about that division for a minute. And we got Canelo Alvarez, and we understand that Canelo is the top guy in that particular division. Everyone knows that. We understand that. But when you talk about 2021 and fights to be made, let's look at this. Is the number four rated contender, Demetrius Andre, is that a fight? that has to be made at that division. It, it, in, in, I mean, in terms of 2021. Jermail Charlo, the number three rated, undefeated champion at, um, at 160, is at the middleweight division, is that a fight that they have to make, that has to make? And if you can't get any of these fights, then you say, well, is Triple G an option at that point? Or do you fight at the light heavyweight division? Or do you look at other options? Canelo has so many different options. He can fight anybody he wants to. It's, it's just what would make the most business sense at this point for Canelo. Shifting gears to the junior middleweight, which is at 154. Now, that is a stacked division, ladies and gentlemen. A stacked division. And and here's why. You got the number one ranked fighter in the division, Jermel Charlo at 34-1. He beat Jason Jason Rosario to unify all the belts. Number two, Jason Rosario, 20-2. He's the number two rated fighter in the world. Now you say you take number two. You got Julian Williams. You got Jarrett Hurd. You got Lundy Laura. You got Tony Harrison. You got Liam Smith. You got Patrick uh, Teixeira. And then you also got Eric Lubin. So here's my question. That is a very, very tough division. Here's my question. My question is this, is that if you're the number two guy, Rosario, right? If you're the number two guy, do you start saying, okay, well, let me look at Jarrett Hurd. Is Jarrett Hurd available? The number four, the number four ranked, the number four ranked guy. Do you look at him? Or do we say, you know what, we're going to drop down one spot and we're going to look at the number five guy, which is Lundy Laura. Do we do that? Do we go that route? Or do we say, you know what, let me, let me see if the number seventh ranked guy and Tony Harrison. Is Tony Harrison available? If not, then do we look at maybe the number eight guy, uh, Liam Smith? Do we look at that? You got Patrick Teixeira. He's already fighting February the 6th. But Or do we say, you know what, let's drop down to the number 10 guy and let's see if Eric Lubin is available. So there's different scenarios. There's a lot of fights 
to be made in that division. There's a lot of fights. I mean, it's 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 a, it's it's a stack. It's it's crazy. You got Julian Williams, J.C. on Rosaro. Uh, it's it's just stacked. It's just stacked from top to bottom, and that's why I said with Jermail, if he can fight any one of those guys, which I know he will, I just think it it, it has to happen this year. I would love to see Julian Williams in there. I would love to see Jared Hurd. I would love to see Laura. Um, I don't want to see Tony Harrison again, but I would love to see Liam Smith, uh, Eric Erickson Lubin, um, you know, those guys. So I would love to see those guys. And these are the fights and these are names I'm throwing out that you have to keep in mind for 2021. Because these are the fights that we all want to see. I want to see these fights. And even if you don't use... Um, Jamel Charlo. Uh, what about Julian Williams taking on Jared Hurd? What about Lundy Laura taking on Liam Smith? What about Erickson Lubin taking on Tony Harrison? So, and just making eliminators, and we can find a number one contender for Charlo. So, I, I mean, that's just my opinion. Next up, the Welter Weight division 147 pound division another division that is stacked with some of the top 10 fighters in the world right now and i'm looking at you know number one terrence crawford number two earl spence number three manny pacquiao number four sean porter keith thurman at five danny garcia at six Jordanis ugas at number seven virgil virgil ortiz uh he's fighting at number eight Jamal James at 9, Sergey Lipnitz at 10. Now, here's the question. If you are Terrence Crawford, you just beat Kell Brook on the 14th, Earl Spence just won on the 5th of December, you got one versus two, the WBO champion versus the unified champion. I was asked, is that a fight, realistically, can that fight be made this year? I think so. I think the fight can be made this year if the two fighters really want to do it. You have top rank and you have Al Heyman. They have to figure that out. They have to figure it out. That's if they go that route. Right now, Sean Porter is saying that he is the number one contender for Terrence Crawford, at, but and he's rated number four. Mind you, Manny Pacquiao has not said anything. Does it make sense for Manny Pacquiao to maybe fight Ugas, a young kid named Virgil Ortiz who's 16 and 0? Maybe even look at Sergey uh, Lipnitz, but I don't think Keith Thurman is going to get any of these fights, at least not right now, because it doesn't make business sense. But anyway, I, I just want the, the fans of boxing to understand how this works. It's not about what we think. It's not about what we want. It's about what makes sense, business sense for the fighters. And that's how things are going to get done. Too many. It, it's a lot of people who promote. It's a lot of people who, you know, uh, 
want to be the dictator and then have the dictatorship too. And that's just the way boxing is. Again, boxing is still a business. No matter what we want, it is still a business. Moving on. The junior welterweight at 140. You got Josh Taylor, Jose Ramirez. You got Jose Cepeda, Maurice Hooker, Vicar Postal. And you got Jack Catterall. And you got Jose Pedraza, who I might want to add, he's rated number nine. Uh, Jose Pedraza lost to um, Tank Davis a while a while back. And he's rated at, now mind you, this is 140, ladies and gentlemen, 140. Tank Davis is nowhere near 140. So that goes to show you. We're going to move forward to the lightweight division at 135, and that that is very stacked. Here we go. Uh, The franchise champion, number one, Tiafimo Lopez. Vasily Lomachenko is number two. Javante Davis is three. Haney is four. Luke Campbell is five. He's getting ready to fight Ryan Garcia. Uh, uh, Jorge Linares. Jorge Linares. uh, Javier uh, Fortuna, Richard Cromey, uh, Lee Shelby. Now, excuse me. I'm trying to figure this out. Now, if you look at the division with Devin Haney, Devin Haney fought November the 7th against Gamboa. Now, there's a lot of good guys here, and I'm trying to figure out, okay, if you look at Devin Haney, now they say Devin Haney's a paper champion. He's a paper champion. And as of right now, it could be fair to say, arguably, you could say that. But here, here's, here, here's what I'm getting at. If Devin Haney was open to fighting uh, Jorge Linares, Javier Fortuna, maybe a Richard Cromie or Lee Shelby. I think that will change everything if he could fight at least two of those guys this year in 2021 and beat them. I think now we have to start looking at maybe fighting a Luke Campbell down the road, maybe a Javante Davis far-fetched, or even maybe a Tiafimo Lopez. It could happen. It could happen. Javante Davis, to me, is an exciting fighter. He's one of the best fighters out there. And I just don't think, with his experience, with everything, I just don't think Devin Haney's ready for that type of situation. I really don't think so. So I just wanted to, you know, ladies and gentlemen, put that to bed and and give you guys the options of what's out there. Um, I'm going to quickly get down to the junior lightweight at 130, uh, Miguel Burchette. He will take on Oscar Valdez, uh, and that will be um, to be announced, but that is going to be a great fight. Uh, Jojo Diaz and Tevin Farmer, two and three. Uh, Jojo Diaz did beat Tevin Farmer for the belt. You got Jamil Herring, Renee Alvarado. You got uh, Masaki uh, Ito, 
you got Leo Santa Cruz, Oscar Valdez, and Lamont Roach Jr., who lost November the 9th to Jamel Herring. That is a stacked division, too, also at 130. And Javante Davis does hold a belt at 130. So all these, all these divisions are stacked, and I feel like this. It all goes back to Floyd Mayweather. It all goes back to Floyd. The one thing that was so different that Floyd did that a lot of these fighters do not do is the fact that he cleaned up the divisions. He cleaned up things. He didn't just say, hey, you know, I want to fight him, I want to fight him, and if I can't get the fight, then, you know, oh, he's scared, whatever. No, he fought. He fought. And that's the difference in terms of the way business is done. Do I do believe fighters handpick their opponents? Yes, I do. Because when you talk about mandatories and where people rank and things like that, Earl Spence is going to fight some contenders at 147. You know, Miguel Burchette is going to fight somebody at 130. So... I think we have to understand those things. I think we have to understand just the division itself. Who's there? Who's exciting? Who do you want to see? I know that boxing is going to be incredible uh, for 2021. Uh, I suggest everybody tune in. Now, I'm going to give you guys the schedule. Um, I'm going to give every, I'm going to give you guys the schedule for the boxing. And starting from this weekend. So the first the first one is I want everybody to tune in uh, Friday from Hollywood, California on the DAZN. You can see this fight live on DAZN. You have Gennady, Gennady Golovkin. He's going to fight Camille for 12 rounds for Golovkin's IBF middleweight title. You can't miss that. And then you also got John Ryder versus Mikey Guy, 10-round super middleweight. We just got through talking about. And mind you, John Ryder is ranked in the middleweight division, ladies and gentlemen. You may want to check that out. Also, on the 19th, here we are. We do have from San Antonio. And again, you can see this fight live on the zone. If you don't have the zone. Go ahead and subscribe so you don't miss this fight. You don't want to miss it. Canelo Alvarez against Colum Smith. 12 rounds for Smith's WBA super, super middleweight title. And Alvarez WBA regular super middleweight title. And the vacant WBC super middleweight title. So there's some vacant titles. So basically, this, this is basically a unification uh, championship match. I'm looking forward to. And... Again, super middleweight, ladies and gentlemen. He's going to unify there. Incredible. Incredible. You guys can see that fight live on the zone. Do not miss that. You do not want to miss that. That's going to be December the 19th. Also, on Showtime, you don't want to miss this either. Showtime has Showtime after dark, I believe. Um, Emmanuel Rodriguez versus Raymar Gabello, 
12 rounds for the WBC vacant Bantamweight title. Also, we got some fights coming up. January the 2nd from Dallas, Texas. It will be Ryan Garcia versus Luke Campbell, 12 rounds for the vacant WBC interim lightweight championship. And that fight can be can be seen live January the 2nd on the zone. You do not want to miss that. Also, February the 6th, live, it will be Patrick Tashira versus Brian Castano, 12 rounds for Tashira's WBO junior middleweight title. You don't want to miss that. February 13th, live on ESPN, Joe Smith Jr. versus Mac- Maximum Vuslov. 12 rounds for the vacant WBO light heavyweight championship. You don't want to miss that. Great night of boxing live on the ES- on ESPN. Also, February the, tw- the 20th, it's going to be Miguel Brichette versus Oscar Valdez. 12 rounds for Brichette's WBO junior lightweight championship. You guys do not want to miss that. That is your lineup going into the new year. It's going to be some incredible fights. I hope everyone tunes in and checks that out. Now, another thing I kind of wanted to get into because I thought it's important. I just wanted to cap off this uh, conversation by talking about the champions. And I do believe that Joshua has WBA, IBF, and WO in the heavyweight division. And I think that if Tyson and Anthony Joshua fight, it will be a unification bout, winner takes all type situation. Uh, at 175, it will be Arthur Berbeef. He had Arthur has the WBC and the IBF. The WBO is vacant. Demetria Belov. He has the W. Gene Pascal is the WBA regular light heavyweight champion. And Dominic Brazil is the WBA light heavyweight champion as well. At, at 168 super middleweight, Billy Joe Saunders has the WBO. Caleb Plant has the IBF. Colin Smith has the WBA. And there's a vacant WBC that will be involved in the super middleweight bout in Canelo's bout. At 160, you got Jermel Charlo, WBC. You got Canelo Alvarez, WBA. You got uh, Gennady Golovkin, IBF at 160, and Demetrius Andre. That is a very, very tough division as well. Hopefully, they can get some fights to where we can... You know, you can get somebody in the top five, top three, and, and let's see who becomes champion. Jamal Charlo has the IBF, WBA, and WBC Junior Middleweight Championships at 154. Is Lundy Laura an option for the Charlo um, Jamal? I wonder. I really do. 147. Excuse me. At 147, the welterweights, 
You have Terrence Crawford, who holds the WBO championship. Now, from what I was being told was, was that the WBO champion, Terrence Crawford, I'm hearing that Sean Porter is in line for that, or he's next in line for Earl Spence again. I have no idea if any of these fights are going to take place or if he's ever going to get another shot to be able to fight Earl Spence and try to get all the titles back. But nevertheless, anything can happen and we really don't know what goes on uh, behind the closed door settings. So hopefully, you know, those fights will happen and can happen. Uh, But just I just wanted my uh, listeners to to really understand that these are the divisions these are the guys I named a list of guys that were ranked and when you talk about cleaning up the division you got to make sure you beat all those guys first instead of calling somebody out that's not even in your weight class I've seen that happen too um, I'm gonna take some Q&A questions this is part of my show and I'm gonna answer those thoroughly so here we go the very first one does Gary Russell should Gary Russell continue to fight at the 126 mark or maybe move up and fight at the at the and fight at the junior lightweight 130 and maybe get a fight with Jamal Herring or Jojo Diaz I think so I think so, because I don't see him get another fight at 126. So I think it's time to move up, vacate your belt, move up, and let's, and let's, and let's get some real fighting. Let's get some real boxing going on. So I, I, I think so. Um, and I, I, I really want to see Gary Russell back in the, back in the ring again and, and doing his thing. So yes, um, he, he should move up for sure. Next question. How sharp did I think Devin Haney was in his last fight against uh, Gamboa? Uh, I thought De- Devin Haney was real sharp. I thought Devin Haney did what he always does. Uh, tries to dominate the fight. He did that. Um, I would like to see him compete against some more of the top competition in that division. If they can get that done, that would be super. I know Eddie Hearn. Uh, as a businessman, they're going to take their time over there. There's no rush. And I do believe that they're going to get a big fight or at least two big fights. I would like to see Devin Haney in two big fights uh, sometime this year, if possible. And lastly, but not least, is Floyd Mayweather not just the best, but is he arguably the best all time? even though he calls himself the best ever. Um, Everyone's entitled to their opinion. Um, All I'm saying is is this. I haven't seen any other fighter do what Floyd has already done. And I don't see how he cannot be the best ever. How can he not? And I don't think anyone can answer those questions either. So I don't see how can he not uh, be the best ever. And I'm not disrespecting Lennox Lewis, who arguably is one of the best uh, heavyweights ever, along with Mike Tyson and, and, and Evander Holyfield. But I just think that 
the era has changed and Floyd Mayweather has dominated the sport, you know, in the sport, outside of the sport. He's, he's done so many different things that it's, it's, it's remarkable. Ladies and gentlemen, that is my show for this morning. I hope everyone has a blessed morning. I just wanted to give my listeners a boxing special on just what I thought. Just wanted to, maybe I educated somebody today. So all those that took the time to tune into the John Kirkland Show, thank you very much. And I hope everyone has a blessed day. Tune in again on Monday. Monday at 11 a.m. Tune in Monday. I will be talking about the NBA and we're going to get ready for the NBA. The season starts on Tuesday and I'm looking forward to really just dialing in on those two games uh, on Tuesday night for the NBA and just going over what happened on Sunday with the NFL as we're getting closer to the wild card games and who makes the playoffs, Who in? who's in and who's out. So just tune in Monday, 11 a.m. sharp. You guys have been incredible. Thank you very much for tuning in, and we'll see you Monday morning.